John. Smelling me some cornbread. Hello and welcome to the Movie Mouthfuls podcast, a movie podcast with zero table manners. Each episode we'll be tucking into movies and maybe someday the odd TV show to chow down on some of the most iconic cinematic cuisine scenes in cinema history, as well as just about everything else it seems, so long as we can vaguely associate it to food and drink. I'm your host Jordan, the lovable rogue sometimes known as the film fella, whose cheese definitely slid off his cracker a long time ago. And as always, I'm joined by the UK's number one competitive eater, a guy who can smell cornbread from at least 100 miles away, it's my co-host... Bin meets food! Lovable rogue? Like you're calling yourself a lovable rogue? Yeah. Good lord, that, yeah. that is a stretch. Good to be back and, here. I know, on don't the... tell them that though. Yeah. What the fuck is this called again? Oh yeah, the Movie Mouthfuls podcast. I've got that on a t shirt somewhere. It's good to be back. It's like slipping into a pair of soggy undies. I'm, I'm back. I'm ready to talk about some shit. Yeah, actually, to be fair, you saying that, I completely forgot. Obviously, all the other stuff that we recorded previously was pre-me going to Sydney and you going to Texas. How was Texas? Street! Uh, oh, yeah, Texas was uh, hot and productive. Lots of, I mean, hard work. People listen to that might scoff at the idea, like, well, what are you talking about? You only, you, all you did was go to Texas and eat food. But, you know, <laughs> it was like a lot of editing and shit, so I was, I was happy to be, be home. But, uh, yeah, it was a productive and uh, eye-opening trip in many ways. How was Australia? I feel like I should ask you, even though I don't really care. <laughs> what, do you mean you didn't watch and look at all of my Instagram photos and videos whilst I was away? I, s- I saw some of them, yeah. I, saw you, you, I-, I was concerned about you just crisping over. You're, you, I mean, you make me look tanned. I came back and a lot of people like, have you even been away? Because I've clearly I put quite a lot of sun cream on to avoid it. It's their winter, so to be fair, it was quite... It's hot. Like, as a UK tourist, if you go to Australia in winter... You stand out like a sore thumb because it's like 25 degrees, but it's like gloomy or humid. Every Australian everywhere around you has got jeans on, a jacket on, like an umbrella, the full thing. And I'm walking around shorts on, flip-flops, like a t-shirt, um, and as pale as the uh, the pint of milk that you've got in your fridge. So like, yeah, it, you kind of stand out, but very good. It was the, the weather was nice, even when it did rain. Checked out a lot of stuff. I it am was over fun. the moon to hear that. Well, had a good trip. <laughs> I needed it just to come back and deal with you. <laughs> uh, have you watched any uh, films? Did you watch on your flight? Did you? Is it all just 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 to fill this little gap before we start? Well, it's it's funny you should ask, George, uh, film fella, because yes, I did on the way out. As you, as it's custom, I'm a bit com- uh, you know uh, compulsive, so I tend I tend to do the same things on. Uh, fuck, my computer's reminded me of something. I don't know what. Um, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I tend to on the way out. I never watch films. I read a book, right? Kind of zens me out. So I read, uh, reread. I, I just read all the books that I've already. It's the classics, uh, isn't uh, it? You're going read. through them all. <laughs> I read to, to Kill a Mockingbird of all uh, of all um, of all things. Great book. But um, yeah, on the way back, I uh, I watched. I tend to go. You know me. I tend to go for the indie stuff. You know, on uh, on uh, on on flights because you don't really get. You know, whatever it is. A, 13 inch screen you don't mm. really get the full effects of something that's going to be true you know, yeah, yeah box office smash um also i like indie cinema more really these days but i watched um something called clean with adrian brody who i'm a huge fan of you remember adrian brody it feels like he's not been in anything for ages i don't know if since the oscars stuff with halle berry whether his his work dried up a little bit what happened with that? He was still Oscars in stuff, but he um, it, it's resurfaced, and it like since the Oscars from this year, which we won't go into. Um, what, he, he like he, he like grabbed her and like snogged her, but she didn't want him to do that, um, and she, he just did it. It was years ago. We're talking like early two thousands, but he's Who only didn't want Adrian Brody to kiss him. I mean, well, that sounds like didn't. really insensitive. That, that's a joke, right? That's, I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If anyone wants to kick off about stuff, I'm just joking. But I, I think if I, I've got a bit of a man crush, I think, on Adrian Brody. I've, I actually he's an excellent actor. A, 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 lot, a lot of men, but um, yeah, he's amazing in The Pianist. Pianist, not yeah. anything, not yeah, yeah. Pianist. Not um, Dodge. <laughs> but that was weird. It was kind of one of these like old school Revenger style things. Like he's a, you know, he's a, he's a mysterious hired ex kind of contractor of some kind. Right. Um, a little bit like Nobody, but without the comic levity, just yeah. a proper gritty, gritty movie. But I enjoyed that short, uh, to the point and i watched something else 
which clearly did. I, I think I enjoyed, but it has not left an impression on me. <laughs> I forget what it was now. Um, I'll probably remember it later in the... Uh, Just scream it mid-podcast at me. <laughs> I hate that, though. You know when you, you, know, when you forget stuff? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's getting a problem like more in old age, but I did watch something else, which was also pretty good, but I've forgotten what it is now. I Watched mean, Triple Frontier last night. You seen that with Oscar Isaac? A, yes. Another guy that, like, I think if they ever did a biopic of my life, I'm, I'm probably, I'm shooting a bit high there. He's very <laughs> handsome. But if, if, if anyone were to play me, I think it would be cool for it to be Oscar Isaac. But, just, uh, just grab him on his B- downward trajectory, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he's when he's doing B movies and shit like that, like Nick Cage in a, in twenty years. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a bit. It wasn't naff. I mean, Oscar Isaac is good in it. Powerhouse cast, but um, the story I thought was a bit shit. It is a bit shit. Like, he's got a good cast, but it is a bit shit. It's, like a, it's an action movie in which there's very little action, you know what I mean? Like, yes. <laughs> kind of like, somebody do something. But it was, yeah, I've only seen it once when it came out, when it was, like, hot on Netflix, and I was just like, yeah, this has got a lot of cast, but no real substance to it. It's like, they've got big names, and then they didn't know what to do <laughs> after that point. <laughs> I'm actually, as we speak, I'm Googling like films on Singapore Airlines. <laughs> just just to remind actually, yourself what this film was. See if I can find which one it was, yeah. But anyway, like you talk while I'm, while I'm doing I'll t- that. I'll just fill you in with some of the shite that I watched. Um, I tried several times. I did, I managed to finish it to watch the G.I. Joe Snake Eyes movie just because Jesus. I'm never going to watch that anywhere else so i thought i might as well watch it on the plane i fell asleep twice so that's all you need to know about that i did finish it um i watched king richard because i was intrigued to find out how he won the oscar before he bitch slapped chris rock um it's actually really good really really good film oh i think i'm sorry go on go on yeah i've figured out what it was because you told me to watch it last night in soho yeah excellent film right excellent film very good film it got i mean it was weird seeing Edgar Wright do horror, or, you know, like, I don't know if you call it horror, really, but um, it, the mm. pace just it lost me a bit in the middle. But it, it is does a very, go very a bit odd film. in the middle, but I think, like, either side of it, which sounds like a ridiculous thing to say out loud, but either side of it, like, it's really intriguing to begin with, and then the sort of like the final act when it starts to pick up that pace again and sort of, like, tears off in, like, a mm. slightly different direction. Like, I kind of worked it out. We won't spoil it, but, like, I kind of worked out what was going on by that point, I, I but it's. I'm, I'm terrible at that. I'm, you know, with movie twists. Like, yeah. Lindsay, Mrs. Beard, she's fucking great at it for some <laughs> reason because she's like, sometimes she's so dense, light bends around her, you know. But like, <laughs> she, she's really good with picking like th- things in films I don't see coming. She, you know, she, she's. I think she, maybe she's a creative thinker. That could be what it is. But uh, yeah, I loved uh, last night, and so I thought the the main actress. I don't know a name. Actor, sorry, main actor. Um. I didn't. I don't know her name, but I thought she was great in it. Um, not Annie Taylor Joy. You're on about no, the, no. I mean, um, not that she was bad. I just mean the main. Why uh, do I? I want to say. Her. I want to say Sasha Rowan, but that's that. That it's could not be her, wrong. You fucking Galoit. It's not her. Straight away. Nah. she's like ten years younger. Thompson McKenzie. I don't know why I've got mixed up, but Thompson McKenzie. That's. I've, I mean, I have just Looking, googled but it. But you look. You're lucky that people aren't seeing this video because you got your, your little shrine of film memorabilia behind you, <laughs> pretending like you're some big shot. You don't even know the fucking actor's name. Anyway, <laughs> should we move on to the film today? Or have you got uh, anything else you want to ramble on about? I was just gonna say the only other stuff that I watched on the plane that was any good was I finally watched the Grand Budapest Hotel. Excellent. I watched Malignant, which was that film, that horror film that everyone got <laughs> like really. Ridiculous. It's stupid. The- I, I worked that out straight away and I was just sat there going, this is stupid. And then it got to the end. I was like, it's kind of good stupid, but it, nah. I still worked it out too quickly. It turns into like a an action film at one point. And I'm like, is this a horror? I, I don't get Isn't what's she, going on. Wasn't she in Casualty? The, the, the woman that played <laughs> I'm sure she was in Casualty, man. Well, it's a, I casualty. Part of it's in a hospital, so... Um, I watched The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne as well, which um, was really good because that's Benedict Cumberbatch and it's about cats and about an artist called Louis Wayne. So uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. Um, there's other stuff I've seen, but we'll, we'll talk about some more stuff next time. What we're here to talk about is... After you. <laughs> Am I supposed to say it? You can do. I just I want to know if this woman was in... Casually, I'm sure she was. Anyway, um... We talked about the Green Mile, I think, unless I've got my schedule all... No, up. no, we've buggered up. I've watched it. No, no, we are. We're talking about the Green Mile. So oh, shall, we, shall we jump into uh, 
whatever we call the first section Let's, on this. She, it's she been a while. She wasn't, in ca- she wasn't in casualty, by the way. I'm, uh, I've got that. I'm, okay. holy, I, I, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that you got that news out there before everyone went into a blind panic and maybe added us after <laughs> about it. Right, on with the show. So now that you've got that out of your system about whether or not she was in casualty or not, do you want to talk about the Green Mile? Yeah, why not? Since it was my idea, actually, I recommended it. You did, you did. Um, I should just point out as well, I did message you back and I was like, oh yeah, great choice. I thought I'd seen it. I've only seen about an hour of this film. I didn't realise it was like three hours long. I watched it. What are you doing to me, man? I watched it in high school. I watched it in high school as part of some sort of English lit thing. And I remember like the um, Dead Man Walking stuff and like, you know, the, the... you know, because it's a death row film, but the actual, like the whole, like either side of that, I was like, oh, so it doesn't start there. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, I I can't believe I've not seen this film before. So yeah, just a bit of context, but you fire away, carry on telling us about the Green Mile. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm doing the synopsis thing. That's that's your thing, man. See if I've got any air in my knuckles to do that thing where I got this. Oh, there we go. Oh, excellent. Um, Absolutely unforgivable that you've not seen this movie all the way through. But anyway, um, yeah, so Green... Green Mile is well now you have yeah but uh, Green Mile is a uh, a lot of people at the time it came out and still now did, did, uh, don't know it's a Stephen King uh, mm-hmm. short story yep um, and it tells the story of uh, Paul Edgecombe I think the main character was played by Tom Hanks that's right yep I know the main character I'm saying I'm like I'm unsure I know it's Tom Hanks I just didn't know the, the character's the main name character was, no I you got it's it Paul, it's Edgecombe but I think it's Paul anyway yep that's right um, yeah he he runs the uh, Green Mile which is a uh, penitentiary on which people are uh, convicted awaiting uh, termination of their lives on uh, on death row, and uh, it is about uh, essentially a uh, a new uh, prisoner arrives at the uh, at the prison who has been uh, convicted of a crime. Um, but it turns out as you go along, it start, It's kind of what you would call it, I think, in uh, literary terms. To get my uh, ex university head on, it's kind of a magical realist uh, story because it's set in what appears to be real real life. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that John Coffey, played by the late Michael Clark Duncan, has a magical ability to heal people, and it is about kind of what the the things that happen day to day on uh, the Green Mile and the interactions between him and the staff. Some of which are evil and some of which are not evil. Uh, and again, it paints a picture of some of the prisoners as perhaps not as evil as they crimes might suggest and um yeah it's about how that all plays out that's about as concise as you can be with the three-hour film so i, I think i did that a, a half decent job of that no same on no no that was that was really good that was uh, as, as like you said as concise as you can be for a, is it like three hours and six minutes or something i tried i, I started watching it on an evening and i was like this was a bad move because i didn't realize it was that long <laughs> i played it and i paused it and i was like shit it's three hours long but i just I persevered because this podcast means a lot to me. So, and I oh, needed yeah. to watch it because I knew that you'd you'd rib the ever loving shit out of me for me even mentioning I'd only watched about an hour of it before. So I had to had to do the whole thing. Not great watching by yourself. Quite a sad film at times. <laughs> it's just like it is, it's a it's a tearjerker, isn't it? Like a, a a special. I mean, like I'm kind of emotionally dead at this point, but it's one of those <laughs> one of the few films. The internet will do that to you. <laughs> yeah. You desensitize, aren't you, in this day and age? But yeah. like, it's one of the few films that gets a bit of a, well, you, you kind of fighting back a, a little bit of a lip quiver, maybe. Um, Over a mouse uh, of all things. <laughs> not the fucking mouse. I'm talking about. Well, anyway, I won't give away won't <laughs> any heavy spoilers. But uh, yeah, not Mr. Jingles. Um, but yeah, it, um, great film. Uh, I don't imagine at this point many people haven't seen it. You're 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 in a small percentile, I would say. Because everyone I know, I think, probably has seen this. I think I... I would imagine. I obviously saw it for this English lit thing, or the bit that I had seen. Obviously, I don't know what we were doing about Death Row. Can't remember. But I saw that, and then either just associated that I'd seen the majority of it, so I didn't need to watch it again, and that was it. Or whenever I've seen it pop up again, because of me knowing that it's about Death Row, I've never been compelled to, like, just whack it on and watch it. Even though I love Stephen King adaptations, so... Like, like Schindler's List. I, I have yeah. that for like the. I'll, I try to kind of periodically watch Schindler's List because it's a great film, but it's heavy going and it's about obviously an incredibly um, 
what's the word for it? I don't know. It's, it's not a film you want to watch. You know what I mean? It's not an enjoyable film to watch, but it's a very good film, if that makes sense. I, I bought that on Blu-ray back in the day when, uh, if you're from the UK, um, as some listeners are, HMV was still like a, a titan of industry in terms of buying your, your media <laughs> uh, before the internet and Amazon just wiped it out. But they used to do like the buy free Blu-rays for 20 quid thing. And I got Schindler's List and no word of a lie, I had it for about a year before I could actually put it on. Because I just, I was like, I bought it because I need it because it's a classic. But I also was never in the mood to watch it. I was just like, I've got it, it's there. But I don't feel like being like really sad and down and depressed right now. So, yeah. Anyway, do, do I, am I supposed to mention the cast members? Is that my remit? Or um, I mean, no? I was just going to do a little bit about the the director and stuff, and then you can fire away with the cast right. stuff. Yeah, so you know, tagline as we've started doing recently: miracles do happen, which is kind of you know is pretty obvious based on the synopsis you just gave. It was directed yeah. by Frank Darabont, who was the director of the Shawshank Redemption as well as the writer of said film. Um, he also did The Mist, which is another Stephen King adaptation in 2007. Shawshank, Shawshank is, oh man, what a, that, that's, yeah. that's a movie. Man. That's it's great. Anyway. Sensational film. I'm trying to, I keep, we mentioned this last time or a couple of episodes ago, and I need to check and see if there's any food in that because it's a great excuse to talk about it at least, isn't it? I think it would be tenuous as I can't think of any major food things, <laughs> but anyway. We'll find one and then we'll do it. Um, and he also did The Majestic. Um, this film is ranked number 26 on IMDb or the International movie databases list of movies of all time and it was nominated for four oscars and over to adam with the wet no not the weather over with the cast please if you can <laughs> yeah um right i'm gonna do this for a lot of people i, I think when i do the cast i think I, I i do a pretty good job and i get a lot of the supporting actors i bet people think that i'm, I'm there's some foul play happening but I've, i'm not like i'm not looking at anything no, I'll, I'll, I'll you know i won't throw you under bus on this one he doesn't there's no clicky clacking there's no editing there's no typing he just sort of reels off and then he suddenly discovers where they've been and what film they've been in so yeah, yeah. Right. it's like so, rain I'll, man for, for film yeah, for, without the, cal- the yeah, card count and all that stuff <laughs> right um so obviously you got tom hanks playing yeah. the lead paul edgecombe uh you got michael clark duncan the late michael clark duncan uh, R.I.P. Yeah. Did he win an Oscar for this? No, there's no Oscars won for this. He might be nominated uh, though. I think he was nominated, but because I remember that had been a big. This is kind of his big breakout film, wasn't it? Um, and was this before or was this after Armageddon? Mm, a year after. This is 1999. So Armageddon. That was the same year. Armageddon was 99, wasn't it? I 98. Was 1998, uh, according to IMDb. There was those were his two um two big break anyway so there the, the, those are two kind of central characters then you got uh I think it's David Morse plays uh Brutus brutal Brutus the he's a bit of a character actor most people know his face but might not know his name mm-hmm. um uh, fucking giant of a man that guy um who else is in it Barry Pepper who plays one of the other uh is in Saving Private Ryan yeah, and I only really know that because I remember one time being super excited watching Pointless with Mrs. Beard, and I got like you know in the final <laughs> round of Pointless. Yeah, yeah. The question was uh, name anyone that was in uh, Saving Private Ryan, and I got three Pointless answers, one of which was Barry Pepper. Check um, you out. I know. Um, and uh, yeah, who else is in it? You got uh, oh, what's his name? Another guy that's uh, sadly dead now. Michael Digit. Is it Digit or something like Michael Jeter. Oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. The guy that plays Edouard Delacroix. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise he passed away. He died in 2003. I didn't know that. I only know yeah. him. I mean, I've seen him in other stuff, but the thing that look, you can see what's behind me, obviously they can't, but there's Jurassic Park mem- memorabilia surrounding me. He plays Udesky in Jurassic Park 3. Oh, does he? Gets, I didn't gets, know that. Gets killed by a raptor. That might have been one of his, well, it wasn't his last film. He did something in 2003, but it was 2001. So, yeah. I thought you were going to say the raptor was what killed him. Like, yeah, that's it. They accidentally got a, a non prop raptor. <laughs> yeah, they really brought him back. Um, who else is in it? That guy, really creepy dude that used to be in shit tons of stuff. Doug, he's called Doug something, I think. Doug Hutchinson, the guy who plays Percy. He plays the Pussy. Yeah. Pussy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he's a piece of shit in this film. Um, but again, plays a great part. You got Sam Rockwell, who plays Billy the Kid. Yes. I'm doing well here, man. Um, who else is in it, man? The guy, I always forget his name, with the big nose, plays the prison commissioner. Uh, James Cromwell. Cromwell? Yeah, Crom- James Cromwell, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I'm on a roll. You're on fire, I, I, I think That's about it, though. I, think, I don't think I can get any more... 
trying to think who you've missed. Ooh. Bonnie Hunt as Jan Edgecombe. So She's not really in it much. So, so, I, mean, yeah. I, I got most of the central cast. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, you did. Yes. Um, yeah, can't argue with that. You did, did very well. Well done. We, we don't really score cast. For, maybe, we should, maybe we should make that as a new game as well. Get, get game. High Honey we need, to make like, a... Get, a cast yeah, get John, thing. Yeah. Get John, John on to do another jingle. Right. So, speaking of games, should we play everybody's favourite game, or at least yours, anyway? That's right, Budget and Box Office. It's back because it, it never left. We we just didn't record for a while. Um, so let's get straight into it. Budget. What do you reckon the budget of this film was? 1999 as well. So it's uh, starting to come into you know the new era of cinema when everything went a bit cray cray. But there's not yeah, too much going on in this. It. So CGI mouse. Think, maybe. Yeah, the, the, the the thing here I think is the is predominantly the cast, but mo- I mostly Tom Hanks because the rest aren't massive names yeah. uh, and like you said there's not much in the way of CGI it's all pretty much shot on the mile there's a bit outside that Gary Sinise we totally forgot that Gary Sinise was in it um, anyway um, yeah uh, I think uh, somewhere in the region of 50, 50 mil do you want the do you want to do both or do you want the answer first I can't no, remember you, 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 we, we agreed this last time you tell me if that's close because if that's close I can then base basically what I think the box office is off that so you, so you want the answer? Yeah, so if, tell uh, yeah. me if I'm near with... Yeah, so actually, not not too far off, 60 million. Not bad, that, is it? 10 shy. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money for what it is, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, mm. it's a great film. Hanks, I mean. that. That's, that's some Tom Hanks money, is that? <laughs> Hanks, and I imagine probably paying off Stephen King for the rights. I don't know if that counts within the budget, but uh, probably. Mm. And that would be a big, a big spend, I think. Box office. Oh, man, this is a smash. 300 million. Oof. You've done pretty well today. So this is 286.8 million. <laughs> oh, I'm caught out. That's close, man. That's fi- I was 10% off both. Well, no, a bit yeah. more. 15% off that, both times. That was some good going. I mean, you win nothing except for personal pride. <laughs> it's pride, man. It's pride. <laughs> the budget doesn't stretch out to like a little trophy for each week, but that that's, that's all you get, I'm afraid. I guess we should probably just talk some facts now the last couple that we've done i tried to theme the facts because obviously these films that I mean, we did the godfather last time incredibly famous film this also like an incredibly famous film people probably know or probably if they wanted to know have found interesting facts anyway so i tried to find stuff that was related to food and the reason the, the reason that we will mention in the next segment after this as to why we picked this film but there wasn't anything the only bit of food related fact yeah no, i built that up to nothing did I really I tell you a big long rambly story <laughs> to end in like a black a chasm a black hole of nothing uh yeah well you know it's what i do best anyway this this is kind of food related so um i and i just thought it was quite nice and it maybe explains that budget a little bit i guess as well so tom hanks treated the entire crew to a meal every friday night on set nice how many weeks were they filming because that was just one week. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, no, I have no idea. That that would have been a good follow-up fact, wouldn't it? But um, yeah. as as me being the unprepared, ill-prepared, what were it the first week that we did this? The oh, ill-prepared host that I am. Whatever it was. Yeah. I don't know if you're still listening, Guy, or whoever you are. But Probably, I, I, probably not. Th- probably not. <laughs> we do have some nice reviews to read out later. But anyway, um, there wasn't really anything else so I just picked some random stuff. We'll travel for it quickly, and then we'll get on Go to on the uh, on the the meat and veg, or the uh, the meat and the okra and whatnot. Yeah, see what I, I did like there, meatloaf. Because it's, yeah. it's based based in the south. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. According to one of the featurettes on the Dove or the DVD for for those ill-informed, <laughs> Stephen King called this film the single most faithful adaptation to his work. Now, obviously. The DVD, whenever this came out, I don't know how long there's been other adaptations since, but I would probably argue, based on the view rate of everything else that I've seen since this film, time-wise, probably, probably true. Like I've, I've never, I've never actually read the book, but I think the singular biggest difference is that in the film they omit a lot of the part about uh, Edouard Delacroix actually having. Um, in the film, they just imply that he's an arsonist, right? That he's burnt down a house, house kind of by mistake. But in mm. the book, he, he's like raped a. a, a a minor or something terrible like that and then covered it up by burning down house which then kills even more people oh, um, oh dear I think they do that because yeah because I, I like to try and 
for that reason, ignore the book because <laughs> I think it, you're supposed to feel like in the film, Edouard Delacroix is like he's, he's a guy that you're supposed to feel some kind of pity for, you know, and you mm. think that he's just burnt down a building just kind of by mistake and it's, you know, it happens to have killed people, which I think is less, well, of course, less reprehensible. So mm. I, I try and not think about the book, kind of wish I'd never read that fact about it really. But um, in, in the film, he's not... He's a bad guy, but not beyond redemption, maybe you could argue. Yeah, he's, a, he's a, as I mentioned about myself at the beginning of this podcast, he's, he's sort of a lovable rogue with a circus mouse. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Jingles. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Jingles, who's probably still somewhere in a shoebox somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, it's weird, actually, you mentioned about the book, because I didn't know, um, I mentioned before, Abby... My partner reads a lot and reads a lot of Stephen King stuff. I don't know if she's read The Green Mile, but I didn't realise that this book was serialised by Stephen King. And the reason that he deliberately did that was to stop people from flipping all the way to end, to the end of his book so that they could work out what was going to happen in it. So apparently his mum used to do that. And then he found out that obviously loads of fans started just flipping to the end of his books to find out what was happening. So he did it in the oh, installments. Motherfuckers. People, people do that with YouTube videos too. Which could serialize those. <laughs> Skip into the end. Oh my God. Find out whether I ate this or died next week. <laughs> just, just keep doing it. <laughs> do me like two, two minute TikTok segments or something. <laughs> YouTube shorts, man. They pay now, apparently. Allegedly. Probably not much, but they pay. <laughs> I'm never, never going to find out. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I thought that was, uh, was quite interesting. Um, another fact, it's a lot of them are Stephen King related just because I like Stephen King. So more than 30 works of Stephen King have been adapted to movies so far. Uh, probably 31 because it's that Firestarter that's out at the week of us recording this that's come out with Zac Efron. Yeah, I mean, Stephen, is he probably the most adapted author? Has to be, surely. In, in you would think film. so. Like 30 works is quite a lot. And I mean, based on this, this is the only one that has ever broken the $100 million mark at the US box office up until It Chapter 1 in 2017. I th- I, the original It, the, t- the TV movie, is better than the, the new one. I, th- I thought the new one was like, not bad, but it's it's not a patch. I mean, you just can't do Tim Curry. Tim Curry's just scary, just by, you know, by being Tim Curry. <laughs> um, I, I did actually find a fact about Bonnie Hunt, who you just mentioned was barely in it, who plays his wife. She made a quote, and I just thought it was interesting because of your obvious, you know, your career. I guess uh, she gained fifteen pounds for the role, and when she was interviewed about this, she joked it only took half an hour. So, what do you reckon? Bullshit. <laughs> Maybe she's a competitive eater in the past. I don't know. That, that's that's some going. Fifteen pounds in half an hour. Why, why did she gain weight for the role? I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm she, not really she, sure. She, she, is that just one of those things where I think that if I was an actor, that would be something I would just do. You know, I'd, I'd be like, oh, I've got to gain weight for this role, even though I didn't really have to gain weight. You know what I mean? So I could just, I've got an excuse for gaining weight. I just got fat. What for? Oh, for a film role. I, I feel like she just doesn't need to. She's barely on camera. And I think usually when she is, she's like in bed. You know what I mean? Like cover, half her body's covered up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's like in the kitchen. So this is not really. That That wasn't like a, one of those type of jokes either. I'm just, generally, she's, she's just in the kitchen. Most of the time. Oh, you know, she is. Um, finally, I guess, or the, the final two things, the biggest and the smallest sort of facts in this film. We've got, um, it's quite quite weird when you think about it, and quite interesting that there's obviously a tiny little mouse in this film. There's obviously a gigantic, enormous, miracle-making man. Um, I'm yeah. sure there's some sort of uh, hidden message there that I'm just too stupid to work out. But either way, the film itself used 15 mice. Each spent months being trained to do different tricks. I mean, there's only one trick that you ever really see, but uh, I guess getting a cracker off the floor is probably counted as a trick, maybe. It's a big trick to come back from the dead as well. That's a, that's a big one. Don't <laughs> that know the trick to do that. That was, that was uh, uh, just for anyone that uh, ever did watch that and was ever like, oh, no, the mouse. Um, just in case, you know, no, no animals were harmed in the making of this film. It, it was a puppet. <laughs> Just, yeah. just in case people were sort of uh, a bit dubious. I mean, it was 1999. I, I imagine if it was 1979, it might have been the real deal. <laughs> Could have been, yeah. Based on our Godfather, the horse fact from the other week, anyway. Yeah. Um, in terms of Michael Clark Duncan, as you may notice in this film, he's a rather large man. Did you notice that? <laughs> he's a fucking unit, man. He's massive. <laughs> He's a big boy, he's a, he's a very kind he's be- but big boy. Be- benching cars and stuff back then, I think, man. <laughs> uh, well, actually, one of the facts was that he had to stop using gym equipment before this role because he needed to look more like a 1930s man. So even though he was massive, he had to stop 
like working out as much so that you didn't look as muscular, which I found quite interesting. I wish I could not work out and still look that muscular. <laughs> um, just for anyone that didn't know, by the way, that isn't his actual size. Like he's not that large. They used a small bed and small he's, he's still scenery. A bloke, oh, he's a huge bloke. He, well, he was a huge bloke. Was it six eight or something? Yeah, he was. A, he was a big, big guy. I don't know if he was six eight, but he was apparently of similar height to um, the co-star you did mention. That was quite large, David Moss. Um, he was a couple of inches shorter than James Cromwell, who must have been a bit of a beanpole, if that's the case. Six four is. I just worked it out. He, he was six four, which is not that tall, but um, still big. Imp- physically imposing, especially for yeah. a man of my height. But, Five, but, the, but the, the the fact. Probably not really a fact, and hopefully, you, um, as as a listener to this podcast or just watching the film in general, you would have worked it out. They are they are just sets to make him look big. But just in case anyone did think he was a ginormous man, he was just not that big. That is the fact. That is yeah, the fact section of the bit, podcast. Made him look made him look a bit more giant than he really is. Uh, oh, oh, actually, before we move on, the last one. I promise this is the last one. Do you ever sort of sit in bed? Can't go to sleep at night, just wondering who else could have been Paul Edgecombe in this monumentally great film. I don't, but I would be actually, surprisingly, I would actually be quite interested to hear this fact. thought you might have been, so let's let's do it anyway. So your favourite, or one of your favourite, John Travolta. Makes sense, I guess, to an extent. I think he could, could have done, done it. it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's... Like this, this... a little bit of a dance halfway through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, after he's got rid of his urinary tract infection, just like just a little little dance down. <laughs> that is a that is a, just side note here. That is such a weird little tiny plot device. Like it, it, like when he's he's old and he's talking about the story, he's like, I had this really bad UTI, and then it just cuts to back in the yeah. 1930s when he couldn't piss. And like, I mean, obviously back then it was obviously a much more serious ailment and probably caused a lot more jip than it does these days. But yeah, anyway, so well, let's play a game. I'll say an actor off of this list and you can say whether you think he could have done it or not. Kevin well, Costner. If I, if, if, if I think he was capable or if I think he was like actually approached, are we just saying that John Travolta was approached or no? Uh, they were all on the list, so not approached. Oh, right. I just want to know your opinion of whether you reckon he could have pulled off um, right. what Tom Hanks John Travolta, did. yes. I think he could have done it. It would have been a different vibe, but I think yeah, it could have, yeah, it would have, been, it would have worked. Kevin Costner. Absolutely, yeah. He's like every man. He's very much similar to Tom Hanks in the kind of roles he does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Douglas. No. No. I, no, I'm not, I'm not buying it. He's too, like, uh, austere. You know, he's a little bit hard. I, I can't really... F- if I'm, like, sad, I don't think Michael Douglas has given me a cuddle. <laughs> I just don't feel it. You know what I mean? I don't, I... That after Falling Down, episode three, folks. Falling Down. <laughs> There's a, a bit of a one. vibe there. Yeah. The glory days. <laughs> uh, Richard Gere. Yeah, I think he could have done it. I think he would have overdone it, though. I think he would have done a lot of that Richard Gere kind of... Because people can't see us. It's hard to see me doing this, but a lot of that kind of... You know where Richard Gere does that thing where he just kind of looks off in the distance? Intense sort of longing uh, look. Yeah, yeah for t- a little bit too long, then he get, then he made sense. I think that's his idea of, like, top-class acting. <laughs> so I think he would have done that a little bit too much. But it wouldn't be the worst casting, I don't think, no. We're down to the final two now. William Hurt. Um. Yeah. I could see I it. Would be, it would be different, but um, yeah, yeah, I think he could. <laughs> Finally, Jeff Bridges. No, he's got to. He's, he has too much um, of a. There's a bit too much wisdom behind his eyes when he does something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's not. He can't play. I don't think simple characters that well. Could have seen him play like maybe the warden, maybe instead. But other than that, like, yeah, and no, I agree. I mean, I, Jeff Bridges could do anything. I think he could do it. I just think, yeah. he, I don't know that it would be... I, I don't think asked. anyone on that list wouldn't do it. But like you've said, I think a lot of them would be very different <laughs> to what we got. The final yeah. product being. Um, I mean, the reason that um, Tom Hanks did this was that he was doing it as a favour to the director because he turned down Shawshank Redemption because he was doing... Um, Who was he going to play in that? It... Uh, the, the main guy, uh, main guy, and Andy nah. Dufresne, yeah. I mean, that that film is fucking perfect. That yeah, no, nobody should be changed in that film. Yeah, not that I don't like. I mean, Tom Hanks is great, but I mean, Tim Robbins in that is fantastic. Well, he was he he did instead. Uh, Life is like a box of chocolates. So that that was that his was uh... awful, awful impression, <laughs> but a great film. Another that's like, pretty much the only film I think in recent memory that ha- that has made me shed a tear. 
I'm at a party on his mum's dying. Fuck, man, that yeah. gets me every time. I mean, just just in case anyone didn't get that from my awful impression, we're talking about Forrest Gump. So he turned that down. Sorry, he, he chose Forrest Gump, turned down Shawshank, and promised that he'd do another film with that guy. Um, what that year guy. of films that was, man? Forrest yeah. Gump, Shawshank, Green Mile. Yeah, let's let's not get you started on eras of film and what what the the good old days were and what happened right now. And because I mean, yeah, back then when they made real films and it wasn't just like fucking installment forty seven of the the new like Marvel multiverse <laughs> fucking whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we'll move on. We have decided or i've decided we're going to do this a little bit differently so instead of me just talking at you about stuff that i noticed we're going to sort of theme the food bit next so should we move on to that yeah uh sound more enthusiastic <laughs> we've been going fucking about an hour i'm trying to i've been, I've been talking for about for about six hours today i feel like i'm a what do you call it? like i'm a talk show host people, a podcaster no, people, yeah, well that would shut, shut the fuck up and get rolling that's what i wanted There we go. I just wanted you to shout at me and swear at me and make me feel alive. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. I missed it for weeks. So I was just like, I was waiting to, to just push your buttons until you, you blew up in my face. Um, what? <laughs> what kind of analogy was that? Good Lord. Move on. Jeez. Anyway, so why did we pick this movie? This is the new way we're doing this. Because obviously it's a food-related podcast, so what was the sole reason for picking this film, other than the fact that it's got food in? What what would you deem as the food Honest, scene honestly, in this film? Because I I, I rewatched it quite recently, mm-hmm. and I thought that means I've got to do less homework. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I lo- I think it's a great film, and I think um, speaking of Shawshank, it, it kind of dovetails with that film quite a lot um, because you know it's ta- it's it's not a simple film. You know, it's it's asking you to think about ideas of redemption and like these people who are on death row. It's asking you to sympathize with them. Same thing goes for Shawshank. It's probably just a little bit more. Um, liminal you know in like in, in Shawshank but um that and I love cornbread so I yeah. kind of thought like well this is an excuse to talk about cornbread I mean I've only ever eaten it once but it's all right in it it's not bad it's cornbread you can't really go I wrong I love it I, I love mean- it is it's a simple thing but like if you eat cornbread I used to make it actually sometimes I went through a phase of my life where like I, was, I used to find baking quite therapeutic uh, but like <laughs> cornbread's like a type of quick bread right so it's easy to make so I would just make it and then just like pure, this is when I was like a bit bigger and I would just pure like eat a full pan of it when it was like, you know, it's still hot, but it's gone, it cooled down enough to go crisp on the edge, but like with a bit of butter and honey, fucking hell man, I want to make some now. I think you'd be able to take on Mrs. Edgecombe's um, cornbread. Oh yeah, that'd be going straight. I mean, if I was, if I was Clark Duncan, nobody else would be getting a piece of that cornbread. You won't be sharing it. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. If I was on Green Mile, yeah, everyone would get a piece, but yeah, I would, I would quit. It looks nice. Looks like it's well done, cornbread. Yeah, well, it says it smells good, doesn't it? I mean, uh, we always get some we get some weird little anecdotal insights into into the inner workings of bit. Therapeutic baking is not something I would have put down before. Uh, bake with beard series on beard meat. Be, yeah, That's, I was I was asked actually not long ago to do like a cook cookbook. You know, where I come up with like my favorite recipes and whatnot. I just said to the guy, I didn't have time to write it though, but maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll do that. Do it as an audio yeah. book. You're getting into this podcast game now. It's only a matter of time. Somebody, somebody <laughs> said to me the other day, you've got a, vo- a voice for radio. I did, I've never thought that before. Yeah, you I sure? I quite like the sound of my own voice. I mean, you, I, I, was, I was going to say that that could have been a possible insult as well, but at the same time, you're doing pretty well on YouTube, so I don't think the face is too bad either, is it? <laughs> there you I go. That's your well, one compliment what, you get from me. What? Well, you've given me two now, because as recently as two minutes ago, you said you wanted to push my buttons till I exploded in your face. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't a compliment, nor was it the lewd thing that you were making it out to be. But Well, it was very... You sound deprived. You can take it. <laughs> you can take it. God, I need to stop. Anyway, um, yes, so the the scene, or the, the one that we you know we put it as the start of this podcast whatever the hell you call it the clip sound at the bite. beginning the sound bite that we may one day get sued for but not just yet um yeah the the cornbread scene so my next question cuz see you're doing something a bit different i'm going to ask you things instead of just talk at you it's, yeah it's Phil Philander, he had, he had, he had, he had the, he's got a little bit of a magic in him now cuz he had a, a consultation recently with the with the great Paddy Patrick Galloway or oh, I don't know if that's his real name is it just Paddy 
Paddy's normally short. It goes by Paddy Galloway, but I assume Patrick. Yeah. Paddy Galloway manages what? Mr. Beast and YouTube royalty like that. So, I mean. Yeah, just just wait, guys. I'll be blowing. I'll be surpassing Beardmeat's food in (laughs) no time. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Yeah, so as as I was getting out, we're, we're going to try and make it a bit more conversational, a bit more about the food, because I feel like after 24 yeah. episodes, the, the pennies finally dropped for me. So <laughs> we'll, we'll try this. So what does this food scene tell us? I'm going to ask you that question first. So about this nice. film in general, how does it build this, you know, your understanding of these characters, where the plot is heading at that point. Try and cast your mind back to that particular scene. What does this yeah, food the, scene tell us? The cornbread is a is a device. What it tells us is that what you think at the beginning is uh, and spoilers are coming up here, I can't avoid it. Yeah. You're, it is Im- implied at the beginning that John Coffey is simply guilty of uh, raping and killing two young girls because mm-hmm. he's found with their dead bodies in his hands um, and uh, as the story goes along, and uh, some fellow over there alluded to, um, it, it, it transpires that John Coffey has a magical ability to heal people to some degree, which you don't fully understand. But what he does is he heals uh, Boss Boss Edgecombe's uh, uh, UTI, meaning he can then um, vigorously make love to his wife. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's some night. scene, is that scene? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, he, uh, as, a, as a thank you, his wife bakes John Coffey uh, the cornbread, then, you know, uh, Tom Hanks' character presents him with the cornbread. And that is the point at which you probably, you've you've, you've thought about it before, but you start mm. to think, right, he's not the bad guy. There is, he's maybe he's not done it. And it's certainly the fact that he's such a gentle soul for, you know, a, being such a physically imposing man. The cornbread is is a device to say, this is like a a, a bit of a an understanding on Paul Edgecombe's part that he, you know, he, he's a, a special guy and he's potentially not guilty of the crimes he's committed and that then leads to him if you remember going to see gary sinise um to ask him you know why 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 he thinks this crime was committed by this bloke who was otherwise peaceful had no records and whatnot um but yeah that's about as deep as i can discuss cornbread you know without sounding like a total ass yeah i mean I, i don't know why it's taken me until episode 24 to decide that this is the way that we should do this but uh yeah that that was pretty much what I got from it as well. I mean, it, it it's self-explanatory through the, the you know the watching of the film that you you kind of get the hint if if you came into it with no understanding of the Stephen King book or anything else from his initial trail coming into it and the dead man walking bit and all that, you kind of get the vibe something's not quite right. But obviously, you've got to then put the context around it. This set in 1930s America, things are a bit different, racism, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, when you get that scene, you finally get that kind of like that understanding of maybe, yeah, no, he's, he definitely wasn't, you know, he didn't do what we think he did. And, you know, you don't get the full details of it, but like, you know, we mentioned or you mentioned a few moments ago about not sharing your cornbread because you just scoff it all in one. Obviously, <laughs> he he does. Like he he asks and he's very timid about asking because he's like, he's he's, I don't know whether it's to do with racism element of it, of the not, not being given anything as a gift before and not knowing what to do with it, or the fact that you just don't want to get into trouble. Like, is it a trick or is it more of a, this is your bread, you can't do all else with it, blah, 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 because I'm a prison warden. There's those two contrasting elements, the racism and then the, I'm in a prison, I don't want to get into trouble by doing something wrong. But he has to ask like a little boy, basically, like permission if you can give it to Mr. Jingles and um, like, you know, share it. it it's it's a good scene it just it's, it's just a really good scene to show that the man is kind that is the only you know we, mm. we've we've done a lot of food scenes before and because we've not broke it down in this way which again i'm lamenting it, it shows it's just it's, it's pivotal of showing that he's just kind that's that's the whole reason he's a good for, lad for being there coffee. yeah and that's he's a good lad that's it moving on to the final bit of this of the the food scene we'll talk about some other food scenes but not in as much depth how did this scene sort of impact us or infer what the the film, the rest of the film is going to be about? And in general, I guess, just tying it all together, how did the Green Mile impact you, Mr. Beard? Fuck, is this, food? Is this an ex- I feel like I'm back at university. It's an exam. It's a fucking <laughs> Spanish Inquisition over here. Um, it's cornbread, so I don't want to read too deeply into it, but the Green Mile uh, is, Im- Im- is impactful in the same way that, as I mentioned before, um, it's similar to very similar to Shawshank Redemption in that it's not a story of heroes and villains in so much as 
you're you spending time with people who are on death row, you know, and seeing people um, lamenting their actions, terrible though they may be, and it asks you to feel sympathy for them, you know. And I get the feeling Stephen King wrote this as kind of a bit of an ode to, you know, why do we still have the death penalty? Oh, well, not us mm. here in Britain, but, yeah. you know, in some states in America and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's, it's key in that scene as well. That it leads you on, because he doesn't give any to uh, Billy the Kid, if you remember, who's a yeah. guy that comes in halfway through. Great scene, but he pretends to be doped up, right? He's dribbling, <laughs> drooling for uh, the, the any American listeners. Um, and he then goes wild and he, he, he like starts strangulate uh, strangulate strang- strangulating strangulating <laughs> he, stri- he stri- strangle uh, strangle somebody yep. um and uh yeah uh he doesn't give any to uh that that plays out and he just does a series of bad things throughout his time there moon culminating pie. In, I, the moon pie yeah, is the quite mo- a funny scene to be I fair thought, i thought we we're gonna i thought we we're gonna get outside because that is a food as well yeah right? but um yeah it's um that, it's telling that he doesn't give any to billy the kid mm. um yeah, that, yeah. That's no, my takeaway. No, to be fair, look, look. They're only it's only a small scene, and obviously we're trying something a little bit different here <laughs> on this episode. We may get a larger scene in another film next time. We can go all the way down the rabbit hole of it, but yeah, no, I, I would agree. Uh, I think that 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 is it. Just it just sets up the rest of the story. Really, that is the impact of that scene, which is what we've kind of covered in what it, what it tells us. Pivotal cornbread, man. Pivotal cornbread. Pivotal cornbread. So yeah, yeah, it might only be in it for five seconds, and you don't really see much other food in this film other than that. But it's important, and that's why we're does it, doing does it. Doesn't he ask for it again before he's uh, he's uh, executed? He says, he, maybe some of your Mrs. Fine Cornbread. He does, and, he uh, does. That was the other option for the soundbite, but I thought it was a bit sad, so I didn't put it in. But he um, he asks for, because um, we're just going to talk about some of the other food that's mentioned, and it does, I don't know about you, but just the way that he delivers the lines and the sympathy you have for him and just the, the pureness of it all, that when he's describing it, it makes you so so hungry. Like I can picture it, and I've not been to like the. What's he describe? I feel like this is so, a fucking video but, idea. I'm yeah. getting. I've got my pen and paper ready here. What's what's he eat? I've, I've so, forgotten. So he has meatloaf. He has mashed taters, as he calls right. them. Um, some gravy. Some. <laughs> I think he probably calls them mashed taters, Jordan. Not taters. mashed taters. He's not as long, unless he's from fucking Yorkshire, and we don't know about it. Okay, the official quote is mashed taters, but obviously we're from Yorkshire, yeah. so mashed taters. <laughs> mashed taters, mate. <laughs> gravy, um, nice. okra, um, and maybe yeah. some of that fine cornbread that your missus makes, if she don't mind, is what he says, which is super polite as well. He's about to be killed and he's, he's just hooked. like he's yeah. hooked on that cornbread man <laughs> yeah. i would uh, if i was going to be executed on on the green mile i would eat so much food that i would fucking explode I, when they electrocuted me <laughs> a, a, a bit like edward delacroix does actually earlier yeah in the film. yeah you'd have to remember to stick the sponge on otherwise you'd pop i was gonna yeah. uh, kind of a weird question to ask but have you got any idea of a, a death row meal that you'd go for i i really would struggle because i'm terrible even when, when i go into a shop and i want to buy like one chocolate bar I'm shit at just picking what I, I look at everything and I just can't pick. And I usually get yeah, some of that I don't want. So yeah, you've you've sat on more fences and whistle gummage, you son. <laughs> um, I I think th- I I would just eat a vast vast amount of shit that I really like. I mean, like a vast amounts, like so much that probably the the eating of the food would kill me. I think. Fair. I think I'm br- one of the few people that could maybe kill himself by eating food. <laughs> <laughs> I just eat like bite like so much cheesecake that I I went into some kind of diabetic coma. You know. <laughs> Even though I'm not diabetic, I just have that. You just force it on. High. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. That That's probably the best answer you could have given, to be honest. Not a I'd, rather go, I'd rather go that way than sit on fire. Yeah, true, your brain, brain, your brain exploding and you're not dying straight away and all that kind of jazz. Oh, it's lethal injection these days, isn't it? I wouldn't want that either. That sounds, that doesn't look nice. No. <laughs> um... Other food in this movie, but instead of me just rattling it off, can you remember the other food scenes or food mentions? We, we, we touched on one, the moon pie, which is basically a yes. wagon wheel. Yeah, that's um, what I thought it, it was as well. Yeah, it's a wagon wheel, right? That's that's uh, for UK yeah, listeners. Yeah, I had the most the the most discount dessert actually. It reminded me of my trip to Alabama when I I, I did this burger challenge. And I said, "Do you have a dessert menu?" And the woman's like, "Uh, 
well, we have a moon pie that we microwave and we put ice cream on. And I'm like, that is a fucking, pr- <laughs> that's a prison dessert if ever I've heard one. It, 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 was, it was nice. <laughs> Isn't that like the equivalent of someone like coming here and going, oh, yeah, sorry, love. Yeah, we, we just put Kit Kat on a plate and we warm it up for well, a it's bit. Like, it's like I'm saying we put a wagon wheel in the microwave and put ice cream on yeah, top. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 nice. That's the equivalent. I'm just trying to think of like a UK like specifics. Like a wagon wheel is basically a moon pie, isn't it? Like I'm sure that's what they're going for with that southern edge to it. But yeah, that's 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 a, a weird. Dis- I mean, did you have it? Were it all right? Did you say it were all yeah, right? It was, yeah, it was, it was fair. You know, melted chocolate, bit of marshmallow in there, ice cream on top. I just wanted something sweet after I'd eaten a burger, so it, it hit the spot. Um, I don't know. Isn't it it's a bit like is there some kind of barbecue? Is Gary Sinise having a barbecue or the, something when they go to there the There is, and I did notice on that particular barbecue because it's set um sort of in that deep south sort of a location. I can't remember Where for is the it life set? of it. Is it is it Louisiana? I think it's the penitentiary state of Louisiana. Um, I don't know what area in Louisiana. I could be Louisiana wrong. Louisiana prison. No, you're right. Louisiana oh, cool. prison. Cool. See, I, I saw it on a truck, I think, at the beginning, like the prison vehicle. And uh, yeah, I should have put it on my notes, but I didn't. But there, my brain was working. Um, yeah, they because it's set in that sort of area, their barbecue, I didn't really see much like red meat related stuff. It was more like southern fried chicken with like more mashed potatoes and like cornbread, things like that. They may have been cooking some meat. Uh, at the uh, the warden's house, they cook. They have a barbecue there as well, where he's cooking meat. So uh, the one that I was talking about is where they have a meal outside, and it's to discuss. Um, we won't spoil it, but what they're going to do about the the miracles and where that might lead them. So there's there's two there's two sort of pivotal outdoor food scenes, and I guess in a way, as we've just described, the cornbread has been the scene that people remember. That scene is also pivotal to the plot. Like the the you know the they're risking everything in what they're planning to do next, and you know it could blow up in the face just based on a lot of different things, and you know it it's it's not really a spoiler to give that context. They, they no, try, do you, you want to do you want to do it? You you yeah, go they, for they, it. They, they, once is once uh, John Coffey cures um, uh, Paul Edgecombe's urinary tract infection mm-hmm. to the delight of his, his spouse yep. um they uh, they decide because um the ward the he's what is he the commissioner or the he, he's, he's some the, kind of he's big the warden, shot i think him. yeah well he's a, he's a he's the big dog at the prison um his wife is dying at, she's got a brain tumor so um paul edgecombe gets in his head that like, he's obviously got this magical ability john coffee could they break him out of prison to try and get him to cure the the warden's wife's brain tumor, and uh, yeah, they discuss how the the logistics of of doing that. Given that you get the feeling he could squash like all three of them, um, even if they have guns and whatnot. Yeah, he almost looks like he'd be like impervious <laughs> to them, like they just ricochet off or something like that. Ricochet off his peck. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, sorry, I cut you off there. Did you want to finish? No, no, what you're saying? no, that was about it. Um. In terms of other food, just because uh, you know, we'll 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 dive back into the old version of this podcast, which is where I just rattle off every bit of food that was mentioned, and uh, we we don't discuss it because it's not really all to talk about. We don't have to. We don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. You don't want to say. You don't want to talk about two slices of cold toast on a long walk, which is a very weird option. I mean, for I breakfast. don't mind. I don't mind cold toast, but what is there to say about cold toast? Uh, not not really much. What about the fact that they call? What is it now? What do they call? Where is it? Where is it? I mean, they call hot cross buns with uh, warm milk, and they, they look more like scones to me, like their version of hot cross buns. I didn't even know they had. I didn't even know they had hot cross buns in other countries. Yeah, I think that their I think. version of saying hot cross buns is basically a scone in this, either in the deep south. If if you are a listener, if we do have a, a listener that is from that region, can you confirm or deny whether a hot cross bun is actually a, an English scone or not? You're having a Google, aren't you? <laughs> this is in 2022 hot cross buns have finally made it to america so i, I mean what's this <laughs> but, this was set in 1930 and, and filmed in 1999 so yeah maybe, maybe not <laughs> uh, yeah and, but they don't really have scones down there do they? it's, it's biscuits or like the american version yeah of that's that's kind of what it looked more like to me and i was like maybe it's just like a colloquial term from down there calling it you know because it's a hot bun so i don't know why they put the cross in <laughs> crosses Kate, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, interesting, but, you know, we'll, we'll, well, I'm not letting them have it, but that's what I noticed. And my favourite 
food-related line, which I did mention in our, um, you know, my pun-filled terrible intros that I do for this podcast. The I think this boy's cheese slid off his cracker when they're talking about Percy, when he's uh, just well, you know. Oh, you see, yeah, yeah, he gets what he fucking deserves, doesn't he? That piece of shit kid. Yeah, yeah. He likes tormenting people. Likes being a, just a gen- generally cruel bastard. Um, yeah, and I, he, he just goes nuts, doesn't he? Not that yeah. I'm saying he, he deserves, you know, some form of mental illness, but it, what happens? It's it's it, it he takes out John Coffey takes out. Um, what is he? T- t- who is he taking? He, he breeds it into th- this it's bad stuff. It's the tumor. It's the tumor. Uh, oh, is it the tumor that he does? But, well, we don't know what it is. It's never really. It's just he it, it breathes out the bad. That like, d- takes away the bad and breeds. Like, yeah, looks like the contents of a, a like an old ashtray or something. But he yeah, breathes it into uh, Pacey Wetmore. And uh, that turns him a bit nuts, but he's yeah. a bad guy, so it's kind yeah. of like he's kind of a t- like without going into too much detail. But it's kind of like a two birds one stone style scenario. Is that one when he does that? Yeah, like the Robin Hood of brain tumors. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he takes from the the um, no the opposite way around, right? Because he, t- he takes the brain tumor out of the woman, the good woman, and gives a bit of lunacy to a bad guy, which means he's committed to a mental asylum for the rest of his life. Yeah, best place yeah. for him though, because he was wreaking havoc out there. Yeah, frying, frying, poor uh, Edouard Delacroix. Best part of the movie is when he does that little song because uh, Percy pisses his pants. Yes, it yes, is, no, is, is. Percy, Percy Wetmore do a dance, listen to him pissing in his pants. Kills yep. me that. that. But I remember when I watched, I watched that. I think maybe the second time I saw it, I was watching it with my mum for some reason, and she was in absolute hysterics at that part. I don't know why. <laughs> Well, just because the, the name is associative to the fact that he wet his pants and therefore yeah. that is funny. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, Big lol. Mean, Edward, Edward, I love that Edouard Delacroix's accent. He's, he sounds like... Um, Cajun, well, isn't he? It's like he's a, got ca- a gambit Cajun. Thing. He's got the gambit thing from X-Men. Yeah. Know, you'll, be getting, you'll, you'll be getting a Raging Boner at the fact I just mentioned one of the Raging X-Men, Boner but... for the Raging Cajun. Is that what you... Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Do love gambit. Any, anyway... You know, before we get sidetracked any further, and this has probably gone long enough, the last thing I will say, and it's not really a fact, it's just I want to know your opinion. Um, I don't know how many other Stephen King adaptations you've seen. I know you just mentioned the It film earlier on. The probably all TV. of them, I think. Yeah, most of them. So have you seen the theory that kind of ties into the Dark Tower books about it potentially all being connected and that everyone that's got powers in any of his other written works, such as John Kofi in this, has actually got the shine. Fucking coffee, John Coffee, coffee. You mean, yeah? Well, John Coffee, John Coffee, not coffee. I, look, I, yeah, is, I've watched it once, mate. <laughs> but do you do you think that he had the shine? Do you think that other characters that have got power? No, I don't think. I don't think every film has to be a fucking multiverse <laughs> where everything's connected. I think it's just a story which begins and ends, and there's no sequel. There's no interconnection. Oh it's God, all, they're all set him off, folks. Stories. <laughs> The Dark Tower uh, is technically that. Not but to any- mention, I'd never watched the Dark Tower film because I was told it was shit and I was never a fan of the Dark Tower books. But all the other ones are decent. Apart from the reboot of Pet Cemetery, that was wank. Um, the reboot of It was wank. Um, what else was shit? There's a reboot uh, of Firestarter out now. He's going to claim it's wank not, before he's here. I've not watched that yet. I've not watched that yet. But uh, Shawshank's great. Um, a lot of the old ones are great. Fucking Salem's a lot. Is that Stephen King? I forget mm, now. I think so, uh, yeah. Uh, what else? The Shining. Um, well, Shining's excellent. Did you see Doctor Sleep? Yeah, that was awful. I hate. You don't that. like that? Nah. Um, and I mean, like, it's, it's hard to remember. The Mist. Uh, nah, that was a bit naff. Um, let, let, really quick. I know I'm. We're going. On this is the last bit, and then we're going to the outro, folks. <laughs> Here we go, Steve. You fill fill the dead space with you. Just whine on in your in your mono, monotonous like North accent. Oh, thanks. Um, it's all right. I was just trying to piss you off. Misery. What a classic. No, nothing yes. beats a film where you see James Caan get hobbled by some lunatic person. The, the, there's the link uh, to last week as well, James Caan, the Godfather. Salem's Lot. Not bad. Um, oh man, what else is there? Uh, I'm, I'm looking. Dreamcatcher. Underrated film. That's that's all right. Cujo, the big slobbering dog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Running Man. People often forget that one. Uh, you know, the... the um, you know the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, a lot of people. That's the cool thing about Stephen King. A lot of people don't know that his books are filmed. Well, the fil- certain films are his books. Um, yeah, Running Man's great. Did hey, you light see- bulb. Hey, Christmas tree. <laughs> Did I'm you see? Up in your ass. <laughs> Sorry, 
you couldn't help yourself because you just love it, don't you? <laughs> you just love it. Um, oh, what was the name? There was a TV series. I don't know if you still got it up on on the computer there. There was a series that came oh, out cool. that had um, oh, geez, the Australian bloke in it. I forgot. That doesn't help at all, does it? Australian bloke. Ben, ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn. Um, there was a Stephen King adaptation TV series. It's very good. It's about, it's somewhat shape shifting. Yeah, the, out, the Outsider. Yes, The Outsider. I highly recommend that if you're wanting to watch like a Stephen King. Oh, that dude. So he plays the the guy in the Dark Knight Rises, doesn't he? Yeah, Ben Mendelsohn's class. Like a big try, fan try of him. To stand, tries to stand up to Bane. Yeah, can't do that. Does not work. Anyway, shall we go to the outro? Yeah, yeah. This could be the longest episode yet. Jesus. <laughs> Well, fear not, my friend, because uh, with the magic of editing, this will be long. No, it won't be longer. We'll we'll try and make it short. <laughs> We've had some technical hitches this episode, haven't we? In terms of uh, Zoom deciding that it's not our friend, and we've actually got a countdown timer now, so this might speed this up a little bit for the for the joy of Adam. If you need if you need longer than six minutes for an outro, <laughs> you, 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 you need to get back on the phone with your mate Paddy Galloway. <laughs> he said five seconds for YouTube, so maybe I'll just just end it here. So we just turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not going to turn it off we're going to tell you all the things we normally tell you so we are available where, wherever you get your podcasts so for some reason if you're hearing this and you are not already subscribed or following us go do that go find us on just your favourite just type in breaking bread PD. no I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> you don't need any any more followers for that and when am I coming on as a guest anyway I've, we, only I've, get, I've... <laughs> we, only, we only get interesting guests on mate and even now it's, it's, it's hard to get those <laughs> Uh, but yes, obviously, go listen to uh, Breaking Bread podcast with uh, Adam and the delightful Josh. Um, but also, you can listen to our podcast as well, Movie Mouthfuls, to so go find us. Uh, make sure to give us a subscribe or a follow, or um, most definitely give us some form of star review, preferably higher than a one, definitely higher than a two, a three. You know, we'll, we'll, fours or fives, preferably give us fives, and then we can maybe get in front of more people and we can slowly catch up to the Breaking Bread podcast. We, we, we won't, but we can try. Yeah. We can try. So, yeah, you can do that in-app on Apple Podcasts. So you can go to Spotify now, which now allows you to do it as well. So just go do that. Just as this wonderful person did. So we've got a new review, Adam, finally. Sent you oh, it. Right, showed you it, but I'll read it out and we'll pretend that you didn't see it. So well, did, it I, reads... I've totally forgotten it. If you sent it to me, <laughs> I've forgotten it already. You've been very busy this week, haven't you? So it, have, yeah. it reads, title, love it an exclamation mark which is great thank you thank you so really enjoy this podcast the back and forth that's it yeah (laughs) really enjoy this podcast the back and forth is great very happy it's back after a brief hiatus please keep making more and that is from kid in the hall via apple podcasts in the united states so thank you very much kid in the hall kid in the hall sounds like a a really cool name for like a, a rapper (laughs) <laughs> so if you, I don't know if you're into that kid in the hall, but like you should look into that if you're into well any kind of music. Really, it's a cool name. But thank oh, you, I oh. really appreciate that. It's nice to know somebody watches to the extent that they actually, you know, want have some appetite for more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even after a brief hiatus, like he says, and also kid in the hall, like just get out of the hall, go go inside. Probably probably warmer inside. Like you know, if you're in the hallway of a building or whatever, go. Might have a really nice hall. It could be a really nice hallway. Yeah, to be fair, like you, you just do what you want. It's fine, but yeah. thank you for the review. Um, you can find us over on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at, at Movie Mouthfuls. You can find myself over on Twitter at, at TheFilmFella underscore. And also, thanks to what Adam mentioned earlier, and I'm sure he's not listening to this podcast, but Paddy Galloway changed my whole perspective of YouTube, so I've put out a new video finally, um, which Adam I'm said... i my teeth, by the way. I'm just looking at myself. And I'm, <laughs> I, I, they look really white today. Healthy. That's that's clean living for you, folks. Sorry, clean, what about Paddy Galloway? We, no, I was we're just prom- saying promoting Paddy Galloway now. For no, fuck's sake, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't need the promotion. But all I will say is that I finally put out a new video, and I'm trying the YouTube stuff in a different direction. So if you are interested in that, and you've got to the end of this podcast, and you're hearing me now, and you fancy, you know, checking it out, it's about nine minutes long. It's about Doctor Strange too, and why I thought it was a bit of a disappointment which might be music to Adam's ears because he's been telling me that these films are not doing too great for a while. So I'm just waiting for you to review a film which isn't like a comic book adaptation, like, like anything that isn't. But, but anyway, no, no more on. reviews. You've got, you've, vi- got, you've got two and a half minutes left. It's you've video got, essays get... here on, baby. Anyway, right. so you can check that out if you want to. 
obviously, Adam will never say it, but just go find him. Beer meets food. He's everywhere. He's all over the internet. He's omnipotent in the form of eating everything <laughs> and everything that's everywhere. Um, if you fancy sending us in any questions or you've got anything that you want to say, you can either tweet us or you can DM us or you can email us at moviemouthfuls at gmail.com. Um, as we have mentioned before, and Adam does not like this, but I'm going to mention it anyway because we've got a little core group of Patreoners, as I mentioned before. So if you want to support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash moviemouthfuls if you wish to do so. Only give what you can afford. We don't need anything really, but if you want to support it, thank you. We appreciate it. Um, so again, thank you to Martin, Scott, Maria, and Samantha for supporting us and you know just providing... Whenever I go and get a bag of marshmallows that nearly kills me in an episode or whatever it is, you know, or new microphones, that's that's thanks to you guys. So yeah, thank thanks, you. folks. But I, like, feel free to delete your pledges. I hate Patreon. <laughs> uh, you've got you've literally got about twenty seconds left to wrap this up. We can do this. So if you want to have something for your monetary uh, earnings, you can go to movemouthfuls.bigcartel.com. Use the code mouthfuls for ten percent off, and you can grab yourself a t-shirt or a mug like that t-shirt that Adam mentioned that he's got somewhere in his wardrobe that he probably never wears. Thanks again, as always, to Lee and Hi Honey for the music on the podcast and the Hi Honey If we get cut off here, thanks for everyone for watching. (laughs) I think this is going to get cut off like any second now, so I just want to say thanks for watching. I'll be back next week. (laughs) Go check out Hi Honey over on your chosen music streaming service or YouTube and check out Exit's Band on Spotify or wherever you listen to music so you can help Lee. And finally, thank you to Damon again for the awesome artwork and we will be back very soon with another episode. I ain't got else to say, so that's it. Bye. Peace.